My name is Lisa McGregor, and I'm here to inspire you to go bigger with your dreams and goals so you can give bigger with your profits. Welcome to the Go Big to Give Big podcast, where we are challenging six-figure earners to become seven-figure givers. My name is Randy Mullen, and each week, my co-host Steve Arneson and I are interviewing successful entrepreneurs, professional athletes, philanthropists, and other high-performing humans that are inspiring us with their stories. We go deep into uncovering how they have become successful and why generosity is an impact they want to leave on this world. Our mission is to have you leave this podcast wanting to go bigger with your dreams and goals so that you can give bigger with your profits. Let's not waste any more time and jump right into it. Welcome back to another episode of the Go Big to Give Big podcast. And today we have a very special guest who is well known for her social entrepreneurship, Lisa McGregor. Lisa is the author of a self-published incredible children's book called A New Alphabet for Humanity, where she helps children learn to read with positive, encouraging words. Things like A for ambition instead of for apple, G is for gratitude instead of giraffe, and Lisa is excited about her ability to empower the next generation and inspire change. As we dive into this episode, it was abundantly clear that Lisa is cut from the same cloth we are, where giving and making change is just who she is. We cover everything from the mindset it takes, her come-up story, and the exact moment she knew that she had to do something different for her little boy, and she even shares about her giving model from her publishing company and the four purpose aspects of it. Lisa is one of those people that when you get on a call with her or get in a room with her, you can just feel the energy change and the positivity that radiates from her. I'm certain that after listening to this episode, you will leave feeling like a happier, more inspired human. So let's jump right into our incredible episode with the wonderful Lisa McGregor. All right, we're excited to welcome our special guest today, Lisa McGregor. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you for having me. This is fabulous. This is this is going to be amazing. So uh, your husband is a uh, incredible coach and has been supporting Steve and I over the past while. And he kept saying to us, one day you're going to meet my wife and it is just going to be sparks and she's going to come on your podcast and it is just going to be unbelievable because you guys are so much alike. And so here we are. We finally get to uh, make some magic happen. So great. So I would love I would love to start because I was doing a little research into you and and on your website. Uh, you have a tagline that says, Lisa McGregor is a social entrepreneur empowering the next generation and inspiring positive change. That is that is everything we believe in here. So uh, I would love for you to just start, you know, like where is your background and and how do you get to become a social entrepreneur and so involved in it? And then how has it evolved to who you are today? Thank you, Randy. Well, you know, it's a long story. I'll try and keep it short <laughs> and, and inspiring. Uh, I've been an entrepreneur for many years. I was always a go-getter from, you know, from starting businesses when I was young to as soon as I graduated, I knew I wanted to get out in the world. I wanted to do international business. Uh, and I found myself in my 20s, I'd had a lot of success. I built a technology startup. I made a lot of money. I I'd traveled the world. It was incredible. Uh, but by the time I was 30, I was having a bit of a spiritual crisis. 
because I started to really ask that question, which a lot of us do, is this all there is? You know, and I was really following society's blueprint around, um, you know, climb that ladder, get, be successful, make lots of money. And, you know, that blueprint made me feel very disillusioned in the end because I was like, well, if I'm supposedly successful, why do I feel so unfulfilled? And so I literally found myself in the ivory tower during the day doing all this corporate work. And at night I'm on my yoga mat crying going, what do I do with myself? And, you know, what I didn't realize at the time was that was that was such a, a precious time because it informed my future. And I started writing in my journal, um, you know, how can I make a difference? And I think a lot of us ask that question, how can I make a meaningful difference? Because I think so many of us realize that, that, you know, making money and being successful isn't necessarily the goal. Um, Tony Robbins says it best. He says, you know, success without fulfillment is the ultimate failure. And that's genuinely what I was feeling at that time. And so I started just asking that question, living in the question, how can I make a meaningful contribution to the health and the well-being of people and the planet? And I started getting very inspired by sustainability. There was a, a whole movement towards renewable energy. And um, and really, uh, you know, there was a podcast I listened to back in the day. This was before podcasts were big, and it was actually Stanford University. This guy was talking about the biggest problems in the world are actually the biggest opportunities, especially for entrepreneurs, and that we can solve the world's greatest challenges if we use our ingenuity, our capital, our resources. And I got so inspired by that. And he was talking about systems change. So we started talking about system change in the areas of food, water, healthcare, education. And now look where we are, right? We're in an era where we realize all of these systems arguably are broken or breaking down. And so we've got an opportunity to remake the world. And so I was so inspired by that. This was like almost 20 years ago. Wow. Um, well, I, I think the podcast I listened to about 15 years ago, but just the, the ideas like that started percolating for me were how can I make systems change? How can I create systems change, right? And like, how can I do something that's meaningful? If I'm supposedly talented, how can I use my skills and my talents in greater service to something that is bigger than me? And that's kind of where- A social started. entrepreneur before social entrepreneurship was cool. Exactly. <laughs> so anyway, that's that's kind of long story short. That let, that sent me on a journey for for quite a while. That's amazing. And uh, and so what have you done to start implementing that? Like, obviously, it's fun to be raw, raw. I'm going to go change the world. Uh, integrator, uh, entrepreneur like you doesn't just sit there and talk about it. You actually do something about it. So what have you done about it now uh, with your businesses, with your life? Like, what is your purpose now? Well, I started, uh, what I started with was I, I was working in the in the area of sustainability. So I started working in renewable energy. I was very inspired by that. I did a lot of consulting for brands that um, wanted to make a difference. And um, so social and environmental change was an area that I started getting into. And then I started saying, well, you know, I've got real skills in marketing, right? I had a background in building companies and and marketing was my skill set. So I thought, well, how can I use marketing as a vehicle for change, a vehicle for good? So I was helping people with their marketing. I will tell you, though, I started coming up against myself again because I realized, well, lots of companies are still just out to make lots of money. They're not necessarily in this to make the world a better place. And so, you know, I was up against it once again, thinking, okay, well, what can I do now? And I just keep coming back to my journal. So when my son was born, I started to, to really realize the implications of being a parent. And like, I now do actually have a responsibility. I've got a child. How do I create a better world for him? And I started writing in my journal, how can I create systems change in education? How can I positively impact my son's generation and future generations? 
No, I really had no idea. And the truth is, I was actually in between businesses at that time. And um, but I just kept writing this in my journal. I was like, I want to do something meaningful that's going to impact my son's generation. And then, of course, I have my eureka moment. I'm at the beach one day and uh, I'm sitting there with my son. We're playing in the sand and he looks at me. He's three years old and it's like his soul is speaking to me. His eyes are locked in on my eyes and he's like, mom, what else have you got for me? And I realized in that moment, here I was, the gung-ho mother teaching him ABCs, one, two, threes. Why was I not thinking to teach him about compassion, about empathy, about gratitude, right? How to connect with his heart. Because I realized as a woman in my 40s who's still learning how to connect with my own heart, because so many of us were trained to use our head, not our heart, you know, through our education system. And uh, so anyway, I had this eureka moment. I thought, you know what? I want to rewrite the alphabet. Instead of teaching A is for apple, B is for ball, C is for cat, why don't we teach our kids A is for abundance, B is for bravery, C is for compassion, G is for gratitude. And so I got this idea, came home, shared it with my husband. He nearly fell on the floor. He was like, Lisa, this is a billion-dollar idea. He goes, this is incredible. And so I started sharing it with a few mom friends, and they were like, oh, my gosh, I want to teach my, my child this. This is awesome, right? And my son started learning the words. He was reciting these words, and I thought, you know, there's something to this. And uh, so I decided to write a children's book. Now, I always tell people I never actually had an aspiration to be some famous author. It was never in my list of goals. I want to be famous. I want to be an author. It was accidental. It was the, the honest truth is I wrote the book because I wanted to change the world. And so we created this body of work called The New Alphabet for Humanity. And the whole idea is to provide kids with a heart-based education, to get them connected to themselves and to their social and emotional intelligence from a young age. Because what I realized when I thought about systems change in education is that we live in this world of IQ. We live in this world of knowledge acquisition. And if how are we going to change the world if we just keep going down that traje trajectory, right? It's like school is all about standards and curriculum and achievement, but for, for to what end and for what sake? You know, and I realized, well, the emotional intelligence in my mind is actually the most important part. Because if we're connected to our heart, then naturally we want to connect and help others. Naturally, we want to make the world better. Naturally, we want to honor nature, honor natural systems, right? If we're truly connected to ourselves. And so what I didn't realize at the time was I kind of stumbled on this, this idea that arguably started to <laughs> create a bit of a movement around this idea of a heart-based education for children. And, you know, I can honestly tell you as an entrepreneur, so one of my goals, of course, as an entrepreneur is, oh, how can you create, you know, a seven-figure company in, in record time, right? How can you yeah. make a million-dollar company in less than 12 months? Well, I will tell you that when my business hit a million dollars in sales, which was in four and a half months. Wow. Congratulations. I sat there. It was amazing. However, when I really sat with it, the number actually didn't mean anything to me. What meant something to me at that time was the people that had written into me. We had literally started a movement. I had parents and teachers and grandparents writing in from around the world to say, Lisa, thank you so much for creating this. This is exactly what the world needs. This book belongs in every home, every classroom. I taught my, my autistic son how to read with your book. Um, all these stories started pouring in. And I was just honestly like in tears. I just, I've cried so much over this business <laughs> because 
it's not even about the money anymore. You know, I mean, obviously the business needs to be successful to to continue to perpetuate this good. But I will tell you that that is just not the thing that drives me anymore because I realize this is the essence of it, right? It's like, how do we help people? How do we create genuine change? And so my next, you know, my next big vision for this is to get this book and and actually we've created an entire curriculum for schools. Um, so I want to get that out into the school system. So we start teaching kids from an early age, heart connection. How do we connect with others? And I think, you know, in this time, it's more important than ever, right? We're losing our empathy. We're losing things through our technology. Uh, and I, we just got to bring ourselves back, back to that connection. That's uh, that's pretty incredible, Lisa. And, and uh, just props on all the success you've had and the shifts that you've been able to you know, to, to learn from and experience yourself and the impact that you're having for these families and, the, and for future generations, you know, uh, youth, I think is, is something that's really near to my heart because it is the future of just humanity slash the world slash everything kind of thing. So, uh, thank you for the service that you've already, you know, given, and, and I'm really excited to, uh, to hear kind of your answer to this question. I think like through listening to your journey, there was, there was roadblocks that you found. Like you, you, you went out into the international business side of things and you hit a, a roadblock from your heart kind of thing. And so I guess my question is how maybe people get into like the wrong businesses for the reasons they didn't really fully understand. How do people avoid that? The honest truth is I don't think you can avoid it. I think life has a series of lessons and journeys for us to experience. And so, you know, what I would say to, to listeners is, you know, trust your heart, of course, cultivate that heart connection, cultivate that intuition, but use your journal. I always say journal, that writing a journal and actually like setting your goals, setting your intentions is really the secret to it, honestly. Like now when I look back, I am just blown away. I mean, even now, just at a personal level, I'll share. I, I actually had in my journal that I wanted to live in an architect design home that was eco-sustainable in the rainforest. I'm living in that home right now. <laughs> and, you know, I, I don't say that again, it's just another reference point for the power of journaling. So I'm very much like I, I, I always say to people, like, sometimes you got to fall. Sometimes you got to start that business where you fail. Sometimes you got to lose money. My husband and I have lost money. We've learned some really hard money lessons over this journey and we continue to learn and grow. But what we do know is we want our money to be aligned with our values. So when we make money, we want to redistribute that money in a way that feels good for us. Okay. Not about like for me, quite personally and quite frankly, I have no interest in owning a Louis Vuitton handbag. I have no interest in driving a fancy car. I, I, it's just does, it's not, it doesn't resonate with my value system. So back to the question. Um, I think people just have to go down their own journey. But if you set an intention and you write that goal down, you'll be surprised at how it comes to you, how an idea comes to you, how a partnership opportunity comes to you, right? And don't be defeated. Don't be, don't feel um, if it hasn't come to you yet, just use, borrow my faith that there, you just have to be invested in the long-term game, right? Like you're going to get that eureka idea, that eureka moment is going to happen. I can promise you that. If you set the intention, if you have a vision for it, if your heart is is tuned into that thing that you actually want, wow, that is uh, that is powerful, and uh, I think so many people mistake that where they're like, oh, I made the wrong choice in in life, and now it's it's done. I I'm in corporate and I can't get out. Oh, I'm in a company that I'm failing, and it's like, no, life's meant to pivot and change and do different things. And and Steve and I have learned business lessons the hard way, and it's just part of life. And sometimes you have to learn when to 
you know, play with emotion and sometimes you have to think logically, uh, but being able to connect with yourself and trust your gut to say, hey, this is the right move and the right time and the right space I want to be, I think is one of the biggest things. Um, question I wanted to ask you is, as a, as a mom that's passionate and driven and doing some incredible stuff, um, Ed Milet put out a post the other day and uh, in it, it said something like, you know, so many parents, uh, this is paraphrasing it, but so many parents are like, hey, son or daughter, you, you can go change the world. You can do anything you want. And then the son or daughter goes, well, why haven't you, daddy? Why haven't you, mommy? Like, if you're telling our kids they can do anything we want in this world, but we're not doing it ourselves, what example are we setting? In that context, how, how are you empowering that? Like, being in, and how can people live in that space of, hey, I want my kids to go change the world. It actually starts with you going and making that work yourself to do it. I'd love for you just to dive into that. I'd love to hear your thoughts on it. Oh, well, that opens up a can of worms to be really honest. <laughs> it's like, you know, this all starts with our education system, right? And, you know, I've been really questioning my own education, my journey through school. And I will tell you, I'm just going to be really uh, disruptive right now. I was not a satisfied customer graduating out of high school. I didn't think I was smart. I didn't think I was successful. I certainly didn't think I was creative or that I could do anything to change the world. And then I spent the next decade undoing those beliefs. And so I guess the reality is, in my mind, my model of the world, I feel like so many of us went through this system. We went through an education system that was designed for an industrial age. It was not designed for us to be thinking about how we can, how can we contribute to changing the world and making it better, right? And so, yeah, a lot of us are up against the wall as parents. It's like we were telling our kids they can change the world. So I think, again, it comes back to education around, you know, how do you align your, your skills, your talents, your capital um, in a way, in a vision that that can make the world a better place. And and people be surprised, you know, like I'll give you an example, children's book. Okay, this is just a simple concept, but here's where I think people can really think about doing good. So for every book that we sell, I decided, well, why don't we plant a tree? We're taking paper from the earth. We're taking trees from the earth. We might as well put them back. So for every book we sell, we plant a tree. And then for me, I'm very lit up about giving. So, you know, I do a lot of donation work. I actually work with corporate partners. They they donate money. We donate books to children and families in need. It's the most amazing, fulfilling work that I've done so far. And so uh, I guess the, I guess the reality is parents need to just get get into alignment, get into alignment with their heart, say, I'm I want to do something that's going to show my child that I'm part of the change that I want to see in the world. Um, and then it goes back to our education. How do we get our kids empowered from an early age? How do we get them to have those entrepreneur skills and start thinking about doing, uh, creating a business for good or, you know, doing, a, building a career that is truly meaningful where they feel like they're making a difference? I think the tide is changing, though. Our generation, you guys, myself, um, we're, we've awakened to these ideas. This next generation is already thinking like this. So I think inevitably there's going to be change just based on that. So this is, I think, the perfect, I had this question written down and I wanted to ask it. I was kind of waiting for the right moment. So I believe this is the right moment. What do you, like, what is so important about businesses supporting social purpose and for-purpose businesses, that kind of stuff, but specifically in this moment in time, like why is now the best time ever to have a for-purpose business? What's so special about now? I think we can see the reality of what's happened, like this capital system, this capitalist system that we live in, the the net result of that, like 
the exploitation of people, the exploitation of the earth's resources. We're all very aware of that now. And so people are seeing the the impacts, the damage, the the things that have happened as a result of decades of this like profit for profit's sake. And so we're living in a time where people are literally waking up and going, well, I don't want to support that. You know, I and we don't have all the answers. We're still living in an economic system that still continues to support, unfortunately, um, you know, the the devouring of our resources and 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 so forth. So, you know, people want to support businesses that are doing good. And and I always say to entrepreneurs, like, just bake good into your model. Don't try to do it later after you've made your billions of dollars. That's the old school way of doing it. That's the old school. Do it now. Do good now. Figure out how to do it. Now, it takes more time and energy. Um, you may not make a, a lot of money out of the gate if you're, if you're really focused on, well, I want to distribute a little bit more of that before I make the money. Um, but I, I just think that brands ultimately, like, here's what I say to people. If you bake good, doing good into your business from the very beginning, you have a way greater chance of being successful, way greater chance. I'm not going to say this to toot my own horn. I've distributed 100,000 copies of my book. Now, most children's authors, especially self-published authors, they never even get to 5,000. They might sell a few hundred and the rest of the books sit in the garage. I believe the only reason this 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 whole book has been successful is because there was a mission behind it. There was a vision and a purpose. And people love the fact that we're planting trees. They love the fact that we're doing donations. And and I'm lit up about it. You know, like that's what drives me. I mean, just selling books for book's sakes doesn't mean anything to me. So I say use your business as a vehicle for doing good. Use your business as a vehicle for creating the change that you want to see in the world. And just use your business as that canvas, that blank canvas that can be, it's a, it, there's so much opportunity. It's just amazing, right? And, and I would tune into people that have started like thinking about these things. There's a guy, I've got it. I'll have to send it to you. There was a guy that wrote a book about how we could use $75 billion to remake the world. And he literally maps out a blueprint for how you can do it. Um, clean, clean money revolution, the book we talked about as well. That's another blueprint. Uh, there's so many um, guideposts where you could say, okay, well, part of my business wants to donate uh, money to children's education. Part of my business wants to do, you know, part of me wants to donate money to poverty alleviation. Um, there's just so many ways to do it. I'll share a really quick, very inspiring brand that I personally love. Uh, it's a company called Bombast Socks. These two guys ran a marketing agency. They were like, we don't want to do this anymore. I felt very resonant with that journey. I was like, okay, they wanted to do something meaningful. They discovered that socks were the number one most requested item in homeless shelters. So they decided to start a sock company called Bombast Socks. And the idea was that for every pair of socks that you buy, they donate a pair to a, 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 a person in a homeless shelter. Now, their goal was to donate a million pairs of socks. And they set that as a 10-year goal. Well, guess what? They achieved it in three years. And they've gone on to build a multi, multi seven, eight-figure company, uh, very successful, selling socks on the internet right? Like who's really going to get lit up by a pair of socks? Well, they just revolutionized this whole concept. Tom's Shoes, same thing. Buy a pair of shoes, give a pair of shoes to a child in need. Like these brands are rocks. In my mind, these are the brands of the future. These are the brands that we should be aspiring to. Um, you know, that that's that's the honest truth. I just think that we're in a time where people are realizing that this is, this is uh, we have to be able to vote with our dollars, essentially. That where is. we put our money, where we put our value, yeah, is, is alignment with where our values are. 
your passion and excitement is just so prevalent right now. And I've, I'm fired up. I'm inside. I'm like, this is it. This is the change. This is why we started Go Big to Give Big. We have the same morals, ethics, and values as you do of like, it makes sense. This is the way businesses should be ran. And I was talking to one of my mentors the other day and they're like, what if we just changed the way we did business from from kids and high school on where right now you build business to make profit. And then once you make profit, you do good in the world after you've made your profit. What if we built businesses to do good in the world? And for doing that, we get rewarded with a lot of profit for building that company that has changed. And I'm just so, I'm so fired out. We could, we could probably spend hours on this and we're going to get a little bit more into the give side and dive deep into the, um, the trees and, and the book and, and how you're facilitating that and what it looks like. Um, and Steve's, Steve's excited to, to get into a few of those questions. I know, um, my last question on the go big side though, was just like, what's, what's next for you? So obviously you've got this book, you're starting to get it out. You've got a little bit of a, um, curriculum you're trying to get out. What is the next big thing for Lisa McGregor that she's going to tackle and, and jump into? Having this conversation actually reminds me that I need to get back into inspiring more entrepreneurs, to be really honest, because we've got so many beautiful young minds that want to be entrepreneurs now. How do we get them on this track, right? So I'm very passionate about that. Um, the big vision for this, you know, I've talked about selling 10 million copies of the book and planting 10 million trees. Now, that's a great numbers metric. That's something that's really cool. And to do that as a self-published author that started an impact company, I'll be really proud of myself. The honest truth, though, for me is when I really tune in, what will really make the biggest difference in my heart and feel like I left the world a better place is if I can create the systems change in education that I talked about. So getting the book into the schools, um, expanding on the curriculum, um, changing the focus from just the IQ to more of the EQ, um, and just getting kids more involved in, again, this social and emotional learning, this heart connection. Um, connection. I always say like we could probably solve all of the world's problems if we were connected to our hearts, if we were connected to the hearts of each other, and if we were connected to nature. And unfortunately, the world is not set up and designed for us to cultivate that connection. So we've got to take that back. We've got to take our power back. And we can naturally solve these big global problems if we actually had this, this connection. Uh, and that's another conversation that we can talk about maybe offline and and kind of how we got to where we are. But if we reinstill that connection, that is that is a big centerpiece to, um, again, creating the change we want to see. I have no doubt in my mind and 100% confidence that that's coming and that you're going to be a big instigator in that space. And you know, my question is actually related to that. You know, you shared a little bit about coming out of high school, I think you mentioned, and, and just not having like the fulfillment and, and maybe the tools that you thought you wanted to, you know, make an impact in this world. So my question along that line, Lisa, is what was the first moment where you actually believed, like not thought about it, but like deep core belief that you can make a difference in this world? That I personally could make a difference in this world? Uh -huh. <laughs> that is a very complex question because I, I feel like I touched on it in moments in my career. Um, so as an example, when I built this technology company in my 20s, I realized that the undercurrent behind what we were doing was social good. So I realized that what I was doing was making a difference at that time. Um, so I felt like, wow, yeah, I can, I can create change. Um, I will tell you that right now I am having a full circle moment with this business I've created, this book, this, this impact company. 
Um, as an example, I started writing down how can I positively impact future generations, and I've had people write into me saying, Lisa, we're going to hand down your work to future generations, and that's made me cry. So I feel like I, I can honestly say hand on heart that I am making a difference in the world, and this is actually my greatest life goal and dream, and and it's it's coming true in this very moment. Now, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I mean, that's I, I can honestly tell you, it's taken this long. I mean, I'm 45, right? So I also I also say to people, don't don't be in a rush. Like if you're 22 and you still haven't figured out how to make a difference, it's okay. Give yourself time, mm-hmm. right? But explore these concepts. Get your consciousness in in check with your heart, your 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 vision. Um. So I I hope that answers the question. <laughs> well, at least we put a follow up. Like having to be in what I what I interpret as like. Um, Almost like you're you're in it. You're so in it right now, where you have all this emotion around it. So, what does it feel like to know that you are making an, an impact in the world right now? The honest truth, and I've had this conversation with my husband. If I don't do anything else in this world, in the sense of an entrepreneurial venture that makes money, or I will leave this earth feeling like I made a difference, and that is enough for me. And when I see my son talking about this, um, I will be. I'll be really transparent. So we had some real challenges with an online business. We lost some money in my business um, since when we started. We we had this huge hockey stick growth, and then of course you guys know the online world. It's it's a crazy world, and uh, it's really interesting. My son just recently said, "You know what, mom?" He goes, "Don't worry about the challenges." He goes, "Just focus on the fact that you're changing the world, and you already have." And he's saying this to me, and I, you know, and I'm just like, oh my gosh, you know, like I, I, I'm just humbled by that. I mean, he's he's kind of seeing it. He's like, well, mom, we've done this, we planted these trees, we've done these, you know, and it's beautiful to me. So, um, if I left the earth tomorrow, I would be, I would leave with with contentment and peace in my soul that I, I finally had that full circle moment. I felt like I was, I wanted to do something, I did it, it made a difference, and uh, and it doesn't have to be big, you know. Again. You may not be the person that needs to be solely responsible for uh, fixing the world's problems, alleviating, alleviating poverty, but you can do one little piece that contributes to the mosaic and the collective that moves the needle. And that's what I say to people. You're never too small to make a difference. It doesn't matter how big you go. You can go big if you want to go big, um, but you can also make a small difference. You can plant a seed and let that germinate, let that grow see where that goes. I've always said, I don't, I may not know the full impact of this project. I mean, this is, this, this could be decade. If this, if this work continues, which I believe it will, uh, I may not see the full scope of that, uh, that work and that impact in my lifetime. And that's okay. I'm at, I'm at peace with that. I love that answer. And, and what a, what an incredible, um, space to be creative from where you're like, Hey, I feel like I've already done, I like I've left, you know, that question I asked you earlier about at my lab where so many people tell their kids to go change the world, but then they don't. You're at that space. You're like I've already started the change in the world and now I feel like I can empower other people because I've done it. I've been there and I've, I've done it. Um, one of the things that I want to empower our audience with is bringing somebody on that's already got this, this model that you want to go plant trees and stuff like that with the book. One of the biggest problems is a lot of people don't talk about how they actually implement it. And this is the tactical side of like, hey, like I'm going to build a business and I'm going to go plant trees, but I don't know anything about the logistics of it. So from a very high level, but like, what are you doing? Like, do you just take, and and we don't need figures of any sort, but you just take money from every book and put it into a bank account and then send that off to a charity that you vetted and trusted? Is it something that you're personally like 
one for one, making sure everything happens? Do you do it annually? Do you do it quarterly? Like, what does the logistics go into that back end? And we've never had anybody show us before on the podcast. So I'm excited to hear. Great. I, I always say to people, the number one piece of advice partnerships. We are in an era of collaboration. We've got to get past competition. We've got to move into collaboration. So I, it's all about partnerships for me. So in, um, in answer to your question, I work with tree planting nonprofit organizations that plant the trees. They're vetted. I've done the due diligence on them. They do the work. I give them the money. They plant the trees. They show me directly that they've planted the trees. They provide a tree certificate to show me that the trees have been planted. Okay. Um, so that's one way to do it. Uh, is is just find those legitimate partners. Now, in terms of our book donations, what I've done is I've asked my community. I've got so many amazing educators, parents, nonprofits. I said, who should I be donating books to? What are the organizations that you believe in? And what we've done is we've created a network of impact partners and on both sides. So I have companies that will donate money to us and they trust us to to go and distribute those books to the children and families in need in schools. Um, and those... Uh, organizations that I distribute to were called on from my community. They're saying, Lisa, we think you should donate to this organization. We do some due diligence. We figure out which which organizations are doing the best and the greatest amount of good, and we donate the books to those. So in answer to your question, it's all about partnerships. Don't try and do it all yourself. I do not recommend that. Um, I still want to do tree planting with kids in schools. I'm, I'm lit up about that because that's my son. You know, that's his example. Um, but I don't think that it's possible because it's it's always possible for you to try and, and bring all this in for you to do it all because you've got to focus on how to make your business financially sustainable. And um, and that's that's a big piece of it so that you are in business for the long term so that you can see the full um, ass impact of your work. That is special. Uh, and thank you for breaking that down a bit. Um, this leads to my final question for you for for this. But um how do you vet a charity? I know you've done a lot of, I know you wrote a little bit of a book on different charities or different companies that do good. You've done so much research. You've, you've put a lot of effort and time into this space. How do you vet a charity? How do you know, like what, what are some of the steps people can take to start saying like, Hey, I'm going to build a business. I'm going to donate. I think it's probably the biggest barrier to entry right now. Why people don't donate is because they have decision fatigue on what charity do I use? Like, What's the right one? How much is their expenses? Where does it go? Who's who's who do you trust? Who do you not trust? So how are you vetting those charities and encouraging other people to do that? You know, we don't have a very detailed framework. I will be very upfront. A lot of it has been references. So how long have they been an organization? How long have they been an organization? What other organizations have partnered with them to do the good? Okay. So as an example of tree planting, I found an organization that is working with other corporate partners that are reputable. So if you can find those pieces, that's a lot. You can ask for references. You can ask for references for those charities, for those nonprofits. Um, because yeah, a lot of us are suspicious. There's a lot of charities that aren't necessary. You know, there's the executives that there's that classic model of the executive takes the money and where is it, is it really going to do the good? Um, so I don't have a tried and true formula. Uh, but what I would say is references, how long have they been doing it? Um, can you see the financial implications? Can you see how it's impacting the community directly? Um, and you just need to have your own markers for those things. You know, and like I said, my example is I asked my community and my community is going to provide references based on the fact that they're already in that space and they're doing a lot of great work. So, um, so that's definitely one way to do it. So I'm sure there's other models. There's other models for due diligence. Uh, but those are my recommendations. References, 
um, recommendations from others? How long have they been doing it? Can you directly see the, the impact that they're making? Are they doing good? Um, are they showing you the impact of the work that they're doing? Um, those are the pieces that I, I work on with, when it comes to choosing my impact partners. Yeah, thank you for sharing that, Lisa. And I'm really curious, like, you speak about it so passionately and it's just, it's there. It's it's obvious that it's there. And I'm, I'm wondering, like, in your in your social circle, is it like how often is this a part of the conversation? Does that make sense? Like, I'm just kind of curious. Like, I, I want um, like it's not something that's super commonly talked about. Yeah. Like, you don't go walk into a bar, or if you meet somebody at a coffee shop, or you're you're having a family reunion, you're like, guess what? I just did. I just, you know, my book just sold a bunch of times, and I planted a bunch of trees, and it's not typically like. My, it's not my family's yeah. conversation anyways, but. Yeah. You know, the honest truth is we are outliers. And uh, I, I realize that I'm different. Um, you know, I might have been called a black sheep years ago. I, I don't consider myself a black sheep. I, I consider myself, uh, a, I don't know, a, a free thinker and a thinker of ideas and visions. So in answer to your question, um, we have people in our social circle, my husband and I, that are doing great work. They're doing social and environmental work. Uh, we're very inspired by them. Uh, and we also find ourselves in a position where we need to be the role models and we need to talk about these things openly and, and, you know, our passion for what we're doing. And, uh, you know, like as an example, even recently, like I'm, I want to come out and, and just talk about like what happens when you become wealthy, when you find yourself with a lot of money, right? And then it's kind of this like social code of, oh, now I've got to buy the more expensive this and the more expensive that and live in the more expensive house and blah, blah, blah. And I kind of want to decode that because, mm -hmm. you know, it's like, that's not going to bring you a lot of happiness. I can guarantee you that, you know, there's been psychology studies that have already told us, you know, you've got a certain amount of income or a certain amount of wealth. You're never necessarily going to be happier, more fulfilled with that extra amount. You know, how much is enough? So, uh, but in answer to your question, um, I think it's, you, you just want to stay true to your heart, you know, like if other people don't really understand you and they don't get you. Um, that's okay. Just stand in your in your vision, your power, your heart. Um, and I always say, you know, for me, the people that are in my, let's say, inner circle, those people are people that we we celebrate our shared divinity. So we really celebrate each other for what we're doing, the work that we're doing in the different ways that we're doing it. And we don't judge each other. And we we just, there's that, that clean, pure energy. Um, and those people aren't, some of my closest friends, they're not necessarily doing environmental work, but they are doing something. They're mission-driven people. So I always say, you know, try to surround yourself with mission-driven people because people might not even realize that they're on a mission for good. They're just doing that good naturally, right? I think that's our human nature is to is to want to do good. Um, but I think it is important to have uh, that inspiration if it's not from our immediate circle. Like I shared Bombast Socks. I've never met the founders. I'm in love with them. I, I love their business, right? One day I'll meet them. Um, but just, uh, yeah, I mean, it's we just have to go again. We have to have the courage to go against the green and, and have a different way of thinking. I think that was the best way to sum it up. Thank you. Um, and one of my favorite regular questions on this show is, please share a story of one of your favorite moments of giving that doesn't have to be like one of the biggest checks you've ever written, but one of those moments that just always means something important to you specifically. Ah, oh, goodness. You know, it, it has been actually doing a lot of the book donations. Um, just 
just the joy that it, it has brought to um, organizations has been like, I, I just can't even put it into words. I mean, it's just, it's so moving to me. It's so moving, um, that act of giving, um, spreading joy. And like, you know, the idea basically for me, if you talk about a specific moment, it was donating um, to a nonprofit organization. They started sending me photos back of the kids that got access to the books and how happy they were and they loved them. And, and, you know, it's been the greatest compliment for me because kids go, I love the book. It's like so colorful. There's something about the book they really like. And um, that was very touching for me. It was like, wow, like these kids never would have had access to this. Um, they've been given access to it. And uh, and this is like, it's the most exciting thing in the world to me to be able to do that, you know. So that's what I'm fueled by now. So even the the way that sales come to me, you know, like on the, the traditional like Amazon or Shopify or whatever, I'm like, ah, you know, like I, I like that aspect, but I like the aspect of how can I make the greatest, most meaningful difference? Um, and I'm sure there's more of that to come. Yeah. Actually, I, I will share another really quick story. So I was invited to uh, speak with a, a small group of educators, actually just outside Vancouver, and they they met in a forest. And my son was with me and I said, well, do you mind if I bring my son along, right? Because they wanted me to talk about the book. Anyway, go to this little forest location. All these teachers are sitting in a circle. My son and I get there and uh, we're asked to share the story of the book and, and you know, kind of how we did this. And um, it's one of the most touching moments of my life. But my son actually stood up in front of this circle of educators. It was like 35, 40 people there. And he said, you know, I just want everybody to know that my mom put her whole heart into this book. And like, I, at least half the audience started crying. Like, it was like, it was just the most, it was one of the most beautiful moments of my life. I thought, oh my gosh, like my son has seen how hard I've worked. It has not been easy on the back end of this. It has been, you know, it's been a lot of, it's been a tremendous amount of hard work. And uh, anyway, that was a full circle moment for me. That That meant more than more than anything more than the obstacles all the things it's like okay that's you know. so that's so special and I'm, I'm not a parent but that's got to be one of the best feelings in the world when you're when your child is so proud and knows the work that you put in and it can stand there and be so proud of it that's that's special so um cool well we're gonna jump into what we call our giving round which is some Great. rapid fire quick answer questions for you uh just around giving are you ready i'm ready uh, brag on one charity that you like that isn't a sock company. One charity that I like? Yeah. Um, global uh, Global Give a Go uh, Global Give a Book Program. They're a recent impact partner that we've started working with. They've been doing this for so long, um, just supporting families, supporting children. Uh, very inspired by them. I'm I'm just so inspired by. Um, nonprofits and organizations that are supporting children. That's like, to me, the the greatest, the greatest thing. It is one of the ways that we can change the world in a very meaningful way is to support this next generation. Couldn't agree more. Uh, quick plug, uh, Kids for Victoria. <laughs> um, yeah, fabulous. What, what gets you more excited, donating a $1 million check or spending a week physically helping others? Wow. <laughs> That's a good question. I, I think spending a week physically helping others. I think that immersive human to human experience is is so needed because again, we get disconnected from the numbers and and that sort of thing. So yeah, definitely being on the ground helping. 
Very cool. Uh, who inspires you with their giving? Oh my gosh. This is really funny. I have to tell you. There's a company in Australia. They're called Who Gives a Crap? And they're a toilet paper company. Nice. And they donate half their profits to clean water and sanitation projects around the world. Now, my friends laugh at me because they say, Lisa, we've never met someone that cries over a toilet paper company because they sent me an email saying that they have donated $28 million um, in profits to clean water and sanitation projects around the world. So the idea is you buy toilet paper, they go and they go and provide a toilet to someone who doesn't have one in a developing country. Um, very inspiring to me. There's so many awesome brands like yeah. that. I mean, people people are starting to know about them. Just so cool. Very That's cool. incredible. Do you think it's easier for e-business to provide a flat fee donation as part of their get back or a percentage of profits? That's a really good question. I, I don't I don't know if I have a definitive answer. I'd probably say flat fee. I, I just, you know, it's it's tricky. I think it depends on the business. It depends on um, you know, if your product or service-based business, it really depends. And how, how how much can you afford to give, especially in the early days where you're still trying to get to profitability? Um, and how long are you willing to to wait uh to let that happen, you know? Um, I'd say probably flat, um, Probably flat makes sense uh, at the beginning while you're trying to get to profitability and then maybe a percentage. Very cool. Love that. Uh, what is the first thing you think of when you hear go big to give big? Uh, use your business in service to something bigger than yourself, which is what we're all about and that's what lights me up. And have a big vision, but let that vision be something greater than yourself. Very well articulated. In one word, describe the feeling you get when you give. Um, just my heart, just like, yeah, I just, well, I, I get really emotional. Like heart wells up. It's like, wow, this is, this is human. This is, this is what we're here to do. I love that. The secret, the secret to living is giving. That is it. That is it. And the, uh, the final question we got for you today, Lisa. Uh, I'm sure you've heard this question, thought about it a lot, but do you believe that money can buy you happiness? I don't believe money can buy you happiness. I believe money can be used to uh, to create the biggest impact. And, you know, you can use your money to do amazing things in the world, which can generate happiness, but money, money can't buy happiness directly. Beautiful. Well, thank you so much for coming on today, Lisa. This has been absolutely amazing. Uh, one of the most passionate guests around giving by far. So uh, we've absolutely loved it. I want to give you a second now to just brag on yourself. Where can people find you? Where can they get some of your content? Where can they find the book? Like, Take a minute and just share how they can get more of you. Yeah, thank you. Uh, if you would like to visit my website, it's called alphabetforhumanity.com. Um, so there's lots of information about our book there. Uh, I also am very proud. We developed an entire heart-based curriculum for kids. Um, you can sign up for free. So every week you get a, a lesson plan and it talks about, you know, how do you teach your kids about abundance? How do you teach your kids about compassion? Um, so you can sign up on my website, alphabetforhumanity.com. And uh, I think you guys have reignited me. I, I realize I need to get a new course out there for young entrepreneurs on 
um, how to make a difference in the world. And so, you know, I would say uh, visit me on my website, lisamcgregor.com. And, um, you know, I'll, I'll be sharing some more information about that. Um, I want to run a series of masterclasses, actually, that really talk about these concepts that we've talked about today. Um, so if you want to uh, get more information on that, visit me on my website. And um, of course, I think this conversation is to be continued with you guys. So, uh, you know, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll keep deep diving on this. Very cool. Well, thank you again for coming in and inspiring us and our audience to go bigger with our dreams and goals so we can give bigger other profits. And I just can't wait to see what you do in the, in the world uh, for, for all the good you're going to do. Thank you so much. So wonderful to connect with you guys today. Thanks for having me on. Thank you for listening to the show. If you know someone who's an example of Go Big to Get Big, we would love if you could share this with them. We want to get our message out to as many listeners as we can, and it all starts by having people like you share it with your friends. Also, if you enjoyed the show, take 30 seconds and give us a five-star review. It's a simple act of giving that is free for you, helps us grow our message, and in return, allows others to find us sooner. And until the next episode, remember, always go bigger with your dreams and goals so you can give bigger with your profit.